Who is that? She's Definitely. Practicing. I feel like that's it's Nancy's summer. cousin. You're almost... Right. Sally Grace. No, but it's summer. You got all day to practice your 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 accents. I know. I really I want to pull the accents out all of Fourth of July. Like God bless this friggin' country. <laughs> What do you, do you think, think? Do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's great. It's do a good idea. It? Do you have plans for the fourth? <laughs> do I have any plans for the fourth? Um, yeah, I think I just said them. My plan is oh. to walk around and go tie to the friggin' high. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could definitely get away with doing that in New York City. Yeah, I don't think sure. anybody would, would. I don't think anybody would like notice you because everyone, you know, everyone's just going nuts on that day anyway. Yeah, I think everyone would be really drunk and would be like, ah! And if you like listen really, like if a co- if there was like a murder and they had to sort of like sweep audio from like the block where it happened and they're just like trying to parcel through all the sounds, they'd be like in a room, eyes closed, and they'd hear like, hey you, like like all this like stuff. And then if you like really like listen closely, you would just suddenly hear, hey. And they'd be like, what the hell is that? (laughs) It's just some guy walking around saying that. Yeah, they'd be like, quickly, zoom in over there. And it's me in a wig going, tie to the high, tie to the high. And they're like, "Um, I don't think he's our suspect, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. What can I say? I love the fourth. I love July fourth. It's very time. But really, but really, what are you? What are you actually doing? Um, my ass is actually going to Philly for four days. Philly, Philadelphia, birthplace of this country. Heard oh of it? Fuck. Heard of it? Jeez, Louise. Is there a problem? Yeah, it's an important city. What are you doing in Philly? You gonna um, have fun? Yeah, I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna get there and I'm gonna go. Huh. Let's fucking do this, Philly. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get off the bus. I would with love my bag if the city of <laughs> I would love if the city of Philadelphia rallied around you <laughs> and uh, for that day immediately. <laughs> Let's fucking yeah. do this, yeah, Philly! Suddenly, everyone's yeah. like, "Yeah, we should do this!" Like everyone just suddenly rocks around while I'm like, "Come on!" Right. Immediately, someone Man hands child me captures a- heart of the city. <laughs> Newspaper like spinning like extra extra (laughs) (laughs) fucking lunatic captures heart of the city. (laughs) Let's do this, Philly says newcomer. (laughs) Strangers hand me a mic while I do like a pop diva like performance on the streets. Let's fucking do this, Philly, (laughs) for four days. Day yeah. three would be like, local lunatic hasn't slept in 72 hours. I have bags under my eyes. Like, Philly, let's fucking yeah. do this. Everyone's like, oh, my God. Yeah. But in this scenario, I mean, you would have some sort of, like, 24-hour rage party where it's yeah. just, like, lasting until people start dying. Right. <laughs> the first day would be, like, really joyous. The second day would be, like, a little, like, okay, something's up. But, like, the third day's really gritty. Like, <laughs> let's do this. Like, yeah. Jessica, where the is my coke like i'm so sorry like i can't keep doing this forever jessica like you're just like twitching like that's fucking like glitching yeah you remember that that netflix uh cult documentary what was that called oh my god wait um about like <laughs> wait yeah what the fuck was it called oh holy hell holy hell holy hell you just turn into holy hell it's holy hell too holy hell too wait like actually every second of holy hell became more and more me i think we talked about it on the podcast but like for a while i was like ha 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 this is so funny is this me and then at a certain point it was just people like filming him do like workout poses and like filming like a bollywood video where everyone has to pretend they're in love with him and i was like yikes this is a little too Mm. close to friggin home yeah, you would fit right in. I, feel I like would fit right in. Th- you're destined. <laughs> so basically, I'm going to Philly to jumpstart my cult, <laughs> do like a little beta testing on the 4th of July when everyone's real vulnerable and excited and ready for a good time. True. <laughs> it's going to be oh, good. Oh, man. I wish I was there to record it. I'd- That'd be great content. <laughs> Trust me, the news will be recording it. Like, terrorist standoff <laughs> in Philly. Let's fucking do okay. this. Everyone's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Like, during the parade, I'm like, oh. I have a surprise. I press a button. Every b- bridge, like, blows up. We have now been quarantined. Let's fucking do this. Like, oh, my God. 
Yeah. That'd be great. It would be good. Helicopter oh, aid man. coming, dropping food for <laughs> everyone in Philly. Who's Your fourth sounds like it's going to be really good. I don't think mine's going to be that good. Yeah, what are you up to? I hope something similar. <laughs> no, I don't think I can match your your pep. I don't, you know. I'm I feel really like too legally po- too positive. <laughs> I think legally you'd be able to get away with it easier. <laughs> just yeah. that's the power of that's white male privilege. If you did this, it would be really, really, really just like this is an amazing <laughs> event. Mine right. is, of course, a terrorist when, spree. Right. When you do it, it's terrorist creates cult. Right. When I do it, it's group of people follow man. Yeah. <laughs> it's jolly fellow starts a party. That's going to yeah. be my defense in court. They're going to be like, sir, you blew up every bridge leading to Philly. Like, really? Did I? Yeah. Like, well, I rest my case. <laughs> right. What are your plans? I'm actually really jealous if you're going um, to the fair. No, we don't know yet. I want to go to the fair. You know, like I said, we were talking about this off air. They have the the Greek Orthodox Church of Marin County sets up at the fairgrounds, and they slice up some yummy food. So Tell me how I that's miss what I'll this be eating. every year, like that I went. Has this always been going on with know. the Greek church? Yeah, pretty sure. That sounds so good. You know Mediterranean food's my favorite. How the hell did I miss this? I don't know, dude. You, you, you were, because you were always working, didn't you work at the fair one time with, like, all the people who were in that high school yeah. leadership club? I, I worked what three was that years, club called? three years in a row, um, Leo's Club. It was yeah, the, Leo's Club? It, it was the juvenile version of, like, Lion's Club, which is, like, the local chapter of, like, noble community service. And you bet my ass worked there every year, like, twice. Like, over the course of the five days the fair goes on, every year for three years I would work, like, two to three times during. Usually twice. Usually twice. Well, you missed the the Greek food uh, stall. And, boy, I tell you what, you're missing out on something. I'm pissed. Here's all the reasons I love Euros. One, delicious. Two, also very portable, which I think is like the key to like a really, really, really good fair food. You have to be able to walk around with it easily. You know what I mean? True. Like, I love that you can just yeah. like hold a Euro and like get moving and like walk around the like hay sty that is that fair. There's always like sawdust, mm. hay, my allergies are going crazy, but it's a good time. It's it's crazy how they fit everything in there to because th- like, <laughs> I mean I don't know it's just a lot they got like <clears throat> they got barnyard animals and like this whole indoor section where they judge pies and drawings and like video game they ha- I remember they used to premiere video games there all the time really they premiered the uh, yeah they premiered the Star Wars pod racing game there like way back in the year two thousand wait what yeah. That's so tight. You know what? Our fair every once in a while, like, really comes through. Like, Joan Jett performed there. The Temptations performed there. Um, We've had, like, some pretty great guests. The really crazy thing is it always feels like the designers of this fair have found, like, a tear in the fabric of time and space. Like, I don't understand, like, how they build this. And, like, I feel like they make up space. Like, I'm looking at that grounds all the time because i now live by there so while i was home like i was driving by it and seeing them set up and i was like there is no way the fair like the entire fair can fit here and then every year without fail it's like just like you said it's humongous and i'm just like what's going on i think they do they build something on the water like do they cover up the water maybe they just place an enchantment over the <laughs> fairgrounds. Yeah, I think every year the Marin County Board is like, now it's time to wake Marin County's warlock, who's like, tonight you will bring me three children and I will grant you land. Like, and suddenly oh, it's like, the fair is made. And every ride is like low-key a saw-ass like contraption. Like, what is that one? Like the Twizzler? Like the Sizzler? The one oh, where it's like, the, uh, the zipper? The zipper where they put you in this like boiling hot metal cage and then just like shake yeah. you side to side and like flip you around. Right. It's essentially some sort of torture device. It is like tell when I'm looking at like hay animals and like a like <laughs> turkey leg and then you ask me to get into this cage. I'm like, have I gone through into medieval times? Like, 
what have I done to deserve yeah. this? And But then the ride next to it used to always be, like, the Gravitron, which is, like, my favorite. And that one is very, like, welcome yeah. to the future. <laughs> so it's really it's <laughs> a tear in time and space. That one is a tear in time and space. And whenever I ride the Gravitron, it feels like I exit at least five seconds younger than when I went in. Wait, 100? <laughs> I feel like I always go out. I'm like, that was a May. Yeah. And I see myself going in, and he winks at me. Yeah. And then you're like, Rod, what's going on? And I turn around, and I'm not there. And I'm like, nothing. Nothing at all. Right. But then I look up, uh. and I'm just like, hmm, I guess some things are just always going to be like this. Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. But I'm really looking forward to taking Pam and making her go in the zipper with me. Mm. And then I, I'm, I'm going to request that we specifically get a car that had uh, recently been thrown up in. Yes, Because I want to see please. the reaction on Pam's face. <laughs> Honestly, number one, Pam is going to be blacked out. Let's not play. You're going to be like, Pam, you're going to love this. She's like, get the fuck out of my way! And is going to like cut the line and get in and just scream. But definitely get in one that has vomit. Make sure that it's like you also get one that's been like maybe sitting in the sun for like five minutes longer than the other. So it's like boiling hot. Because uh, like I want when she sits <laughs> on it for her skin to like no. touch the metal and be like, <laughs> no, it's, I don't want it to hurt that much. I love uh, her, but yeah, but come on, I think her, she's funny. You want her to die? I understand that. That's between you two. I I do want her to die, definitely. But you know what? Yeah, yeah. that has nothing to do with you. I don't need to get you involved in that. Right. That's like I don't want you to. Third if you wheel. somehow rig it where, yeah, if you somehow rig it where you know I don't know about it either, then you can do it because it's, definitely you know, doesn't have to do with me. Definitely. I kind of feel like the the relationship between the three of us is like if Spy versus Spy featured like a third (laughs) character who just were like observing the chaos. Like if Yogi Bear entered Spy versus Spy, that's the three of us hanging out. There you go. I think that's a pretty good, I think that's a pretty accurate read. But yeah, I love July 4th. I kind of think when it comes to the Marin County Fair, the best day to go is July 3rd. And it's great to spend July 4th elsewhere. Mm. That's sort of my, that's my favorite way to do it twist the the real best time is like the last four hours of the last day because there's no one there Ooh, that is kind of true so what you go on like july 4th at like 9 45 yeah or like at four or three or like at four yeah that is true but also isn't yeah. everyone there then or do they leave at a certain point yeah. you just kind of like stay I, well i guess people do go for the fireworks but at that point there's already been f- four night of fireworks so I mean, if you, know. you want fireworks, you know the best place to go is Hippie Tree. Oh, I think people... No, that's not the best place. What? You get three different fireworks yeah. shows simultaneously. If you go... When I was a kid, my parents used to be friends with people who lived on the corner of Green and Divisadero. Oh. Which is like this crazy big-ass house on this hill that like overlooks the bay. Okay. In, see, like, in the city. fucking fireworks shows. Yeah. Whoa, where, like, from which ones? You'd see Marin, you'd see, like, the East Bay, you'd see the Embarcadero. You see San Francisco's, you see the, yeah, the whatever Marin ones there are. You, if you get binoculars, you can see Vallejo's. We used to be able to see Really? Oakland's. Holy shit, that's uh, crazy. Yeah. So what yeah, happened to crazy. these people? They still live there. We just, I just haven't been since I was a little kid. Um, are you going to go this time? No. Huh? I don't even know. I think they're all in Denmark. They're not like... Anyway. So the house is empty? Really? No, it's not empty. There's like a, one of the kids lives there with his like kids. Is he weak? No. What would you... He's what a, would, he's how would he of, handle? How would he handle like a group of people bursting into the house? <laughs> uh, probably by calling the police. Hmm. So he also knows my fetish. Interesting. Yeah, right. Extra, extra. Kid leads Philly all the way to San Francisco and invades house. All of Philadelphia bursting into this home. Let's fucking do this! Burns down a house. Um, I love fireworks. I never get over them. I really love them so much. It's good. And I'm excited. And it's going to be fun. And hopefully it's not going to be too heavy. And hopefully the, the old motherfucker sitting in the White House doesn't do anything stupid for me to piss me off Ugh. during the holiday. Because it's not about him. It's not about... No, 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 
Um, I used to hate July 4th, and I've grown to love it so much over the years. I think it's one of the holidays that actually, it's one of the few holidays that actually gets better the older you get, I think. Yeah. Most others, I think, get less fun. I'd say, like, Christmas gets, like, less fun. Thanksgiving gets, for me, Thanksgiving stays the same. Christmas gets way less fun. It gets way less fun. Christmas, like, the stock for Christmas plummets with each year. Thanksgiving, I think, like, Mm. is really subjective. For some, Thanksgiving is, like, a nightmare. It's, like, they're... I don't even know. It's like a really tough one for me. It's my favorite and it stayed sort of like relatively consistent. But July 4th used to be like the holiday that I would be like, about because I like didn't know what to do with myself. I feel like I was always just looking for parking. I feel like it was literally like a 24 hour parking festival. I was like, I don't even know what this is. I don't give a shit. Especially like during the like Bush era where it was like not cool to like America at all. So like July 4th was really like, um, really? Like, you're going to, like, be part of this institution or whatever. Right, right. Um, but the older you get, meaning, like, when you start to be able to literally yeah. drink, you can just, like, right. live a little. And it actually is so fun. Like, you unless can numb you... the pain. You can, yeah, you can numb the pain. Like, if you spend three hours parking, you'd be like, fuck this! And just, like, start drinking. <laughs> I think, like, unless you were, like, lived in, like, the suburbs, suburbs in, like, 1956, where you'd, like, bike around with sparklers. Like, July 4th is not fun until you're, like, 23. <laughs> <laughs> like, to be real. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I see what you mean. And I think St. Patrick's Day becomes and... sadder <laughs> the older you get. <laughs> True. It, like, peaks at around 19 or 20. Yeah, I'd or, say... And, like, once again, when you're old enough to drink, <clears throat> yeah. so you can go to a bar. But also, like, right before, I'd say, like... Like, 20 to 24 is, like, peak St. Patrick's Day. Like, right when you can legally start to drink. And also right when you have, like, definitely have friends that are old enough to buy you alcohol. Like, at 20, I knew so many people by that point who were, like, way over 21 who could, like, get me stuff. Or just people that had turned 21 that year. So you're sort of, like, orbiting legal drinking. And then, like, it's still fun. But then at 24, you're, like, maybe surrounded by, like, 20-year-olds. And you're, like, oh, great. (laughs) So I don't know. I think that's, like, a small window, too. Holidays are tough. Their stock really, really is very volatile. But July 4th is a good one. I I tell everyone, everyone should buy stock in July 4th. Now it's only going up, people. Yeah, because soon you won't be able to do that, buy stock in it. Yeah, definitely. Pretty soon it's going to cap out and it's going to be sold to another holiday, whatever that means. You're not allowed, yeah, you're not allowed to like that holiday anymore. Extra, extra, all the stock for July 4th on this earth has been sold. (laughs) That's going to be what I announce on July 5th in Philly. (laughs) I would be down. Would you be down? I would be down. Attention, Amazon has bought July 4th. We can no longer buy stock in July 4th. Thank you. Mm. That's me on the news. Mm. <laughs> well, well, Rod, we've been. <laughs> there's no easy way to transition for me at this juncture. There isn't, but you know what? Actually, there is sort of one. If you want to talk about okay. the darkness and the sadness um, and the goodness of. America's Americanness, like the constant push and pull of July Fourth being fun or not fun, is much like the good or evil in the heart of this country, wouldn't you say? And <laughs> yes. And what? <laughs> and what show better exemplifies that battle than Twan Parks? <laughs> Twarn Parks. Darvid Larch's Twarn Parks. <laughs> of course. The new adaptation of Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, yes, you might know it by a different name, Twin Peaks, um, which I which I caught up with while I was home for the holidays. Or not even for the holidays. What am I talking about? When I was just home, <laughs> I did like a nice little catch up, and um, I literally am losing it. This show, I mean, you you were caught up as well. Um, you were actually caught up yeah. before Meh, and. Mm-hmm. Basically, I don't even know. Like, the first four episodes of this season were, or of this, like, new revival were, you know, a bit of an endurance test, but I was still loving it for sure, okay? Like, it was definitely, like, a slog, but I was here for it. It it was totally good, but I just think the show is, like, we're, like, in it now. It's, like... it's. Did you know that there were 18 episodes of this? Yes, bitch! 18 hours! (laughs) 
There's 10 more episodes. You should have seen, like, I was literally watching the fourth, like, I was watching something, uh, I was watching one of the episodes and something, like, really gross happened right when my mom walked in. She was like, ah! Like, what is this? This is so gross! And immediately I literally was like, 18 hours! Like, screaming. <laughs> this is, the, it is great news. 18 hours of David Lynch, like, anything I am here for. This man, we, I said it when we last spoke about Twin Peaks, like, this man has not given us any visual media art of any kind for 11 years. So to suddenly go from like a dearth to 18 hours is literally like throwing my ass in the desert and then like picking me up and putting me in a Soho house pool. Like I'm here for it. Like even if someone shits in the pool, which could happen on this show, I'd still be like, turd alert, don't care. Um... But there's 18 episodes, meaning we are now in the second act of the show. Um, and next week's, this Sunday's episode will be the exact halfway point of this new season. Oh. Um, so we're at like a pretty interesting <laughs> juncture in the quote unquote story <laughs> of this of right. this new season. Um, I'd say the first act of the show, which is which comprises like the first six episodes, is like tough. Like, really is tough. But you start to sort of, like, get something together around the seventh episode, which I think is, like, is really great. But this eighth episode, part eight, is really, 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 really special, I think. It's really... I mean, I think by any other standard of a television show, you would call this, like, a capsule episode. But that kind of language doesn't even, like, apply to Twin Peaks. Like... And there's no such thing as, like, a tangent because there isn't even, like, a center to, like, move away from on the shows. But, like, if this was, let's say, like, Mad Men or if this was, like, I don't even know, like, anything, this is, this would be a sort of, like, yeah kind of capsule episode essentially about the birth of Bob, which is, Bob is, like, the demonic sort of evil um, spirit or essence that... Um, sort of haunts the town of Twin Peaks. Haunt is sort of like a weird way to put it because it implies like he's not a ghost. Well, Bob was Bob was the murderer of Laura Palmer. Bob was the really? murderer of Laura Laura Palmer, but Bob was like an essence that would sort of like invade the bodies of other people. Yeah. So the person who kills Laura Palmer is not Bob, but is Bob. Like Bob enters the body. It's of like uh, it's like Venom. Say? It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, right. It's a symbiote for sure. It's a symbiote. Um, And Dale is definitely living his like venom fantasy right now. Like he's just like loving this like long hair look, this like leather jacket, bad boy moment. He's giving you like bell bottoms. He's giving you like dirt face. He's giving you like rape you at gunpoint. I love Kyle McLaughlin. I love, like, can we just discuss Kyle McLaughlin? Like, in any of like this is an Emmy worthy performance. Of course it won't happen on any level, but like <laughs> this is like an unbelievable performance, yeah. I think. Cause you're getting right. most episodes except for this one, you're getting two Dales Cooper simultaneously. And they really, really, really feel like different people. But what's crazy yeah. is that like when Dale Cooper wakes up. Then he's really going to feel like a different person. But, like, this catatonic Dale isn't really that different from Bob Evil Dale. You know what I mean? Like, they're both sort of, like, really blank and, like, reserved and, like, you know, just not present. And yet, just through his physicality, they feel different. (laughs) It's so... It kind of does feel like the Evil Dale definitely has his his facilities because the newer Dale is kind of just, like, it feels like the newer Dale is trying to like relearn everything, and there'll yeah. be moments where he's like he gets triggered by something, right? Like when that crazy small midget person with, came out and the tried midget to with a gun. <laughs> Did you see this? Wait, was that scene your mom saw the one where he like jumps on the lady and starts stabbing her with the ice pick? That was my. That, I don't think that was the one that my mom saw, but that was the one I wanted her to see the most. After it happened, after my mom walked in, it was like, ah, what is this? Yeah. Basically, like when I was home, I kept watching like devastating and disgusting things and my mom would always walk in either like during a part of like the keepers the netflix like documentary about like molestation where someone was like he friggin touched me 
he touched my little bum hole. Yeah, my mom was like, ah! <laughs> like, or she would like come in on someone like vomiting and she'd be like, ugh! Or like, the, I yeah. forced my little brother to watch the <laughs> Babadook um, for Pride. And she was like, what right. is this? But with Twin Peaks, she missed the midget. That sh- that shot, I mean, people who are listening to this who don't watch Twin Peaks are going to be like, what on earth are you talking about? But I mean, you're not, like, it's not like we know what we're talking about. These are just things happening on the show. Like, there's this amazing shot of, like, a woman, like, behind. You're the camera sort of, like, lingering outside in the hallway of this, like, in the hallway. And, like, you can sort of see the office to your left. And you can see, like, the corner of the hallway to your right. And it's this, like, two-minute shot where, like, nothing's really happening. And then suddenly this, like, midget with an ice pick, like, hobbles in and just, like, runs into the room. And the camera follows him while he, like, jumps and brutally, like, guts this woman and it's just like he has these like fucked up teeth and i mean it's just like yeah he really nails the creepiness he really nailed it and david lynch loves little people i mean this is like an ongoing fascination of his yeah um yeah. Which, which is another thing that's like great about Twin P about this revival is that it's been like 25 years but like his sort of like repertoire of like imagery is completely the same i mean in this, in part eight, you see this sort of yeah. like weird, grotesque, like farmer guy. Um, the big tall wanna, dude. Yeah, the big tall dude who I want to try to dissect in like a second with you, but he reminds me of. Did you ever see Mulholland Drive? Did you? See uh, yeah, I saw Mulholland Drive. Yeah, he looks just like the monster behind the diner. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's that guy who. I don't really in, remember that scene, but he. I mean, I think David Lynch is known for working with like. A lot of actors. He, uh, it's not know, just the same actor, project, though. So it's possible. It's this sort of, like, caked dirt look, like, where his face um, is just, like... He just looks like... Everyone looks like they're dripping in, like, dried oil. Like, black oil. I don't right, know. Right, it's right. like they... He has, like, a really oh, great visual of, like, gross evilness, right. I think. Oh, I think I, I think I saw a couple articles that were talking about something like that. Like, there's a similar character between Mulholland Drive and... In that episode. Are you talking about the guy that looked like he was Abe Lincoln asking for a light for a cigarette? Yes, 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 yes. The guy who was like, drink the water. Um, Yeah, he looks a lot like this guy. I haven't read any hot takes because I finished this episode like two seconds before we filmed. So I don't know if are people trying to like imply the... I don't think they're in the same universe or anything. But he is really similar in design to this like Mm. monster in the back of this diner that we see in this like one scene in Mahal and drive, which by the way, like everyone yeah. should rewatch because it's like a masterpiece, but it's, he's so scary. So what do we, okay. How would you describe, how would you summarize episode eight? Like what exactly is happening in this episode? Cause it is a flashback pretty much. Right. Like the, well, the I'm just kind of, yeah. I mean, I think David Lynch is trying to, I think the episode was about kind of like what happened after the atomic bomb was invented. Right. And I think he's implying that, like, the bomb went off and then all this crazy shit had started happening and, like, evil shit started right. to invade the Earth. And I think he's just kind of, you know, he's kind of known for, like, his movie Blue Velvet. On the surface, it was, like, this pristine, spotless, uh, you know, uh, American dream and the town's so quaint and small and everyone knows each other. Right. But then under the surface is, like, this, like, evil force that, like, it can't almost can't be stopped and like no one no one realizes it's there totally it's kind of the same thing as like Mulholland Drive and so you know it's like a theme that he likes to work it's with kind of his thesis yeah I agree I mean I think yeah. like every good artist probably has like I don't know if this is like it's not like a requirement but I think like most artists probably have like a principal fascination that they're always kind of like working with regardless of who you are like there's some thread and yeah, I think that is, like, that's just, like, forever going to be David Lynch's thing. I mean, the dude is, like, 70-something. I don't think he's going to, like, yeah. you know, I, I think he knows who he is and, like, what he loves. And I think it's really fascinating for him to, like, try to place the atomic bomb as... Because considering his age and sort of, you know, how old he was when the bomb was dropped, like, I think that that probably has stuck with him as, like, the quintessential totally. notion of, like, human evil, of, like... Yeah. What it is I mean, that he, went, made he grew up bad. in like the, yeah, he grew up in like the nuclear age, right? Where it's right. like during the height of the Cold War, everyone's freaked out about this kind of like huge power that could potentially destroy the entire world. Right. So, you know, I'm sure for like a sensitive artsy type person like David Lynch, it probably had a huge effect on him. 
Absolutely. I definitely think so. And I never yeah. really thought about that until I saw this episode. I never like, because his work is so fantastical and so dreamlike, I never thought to place it in like a very literal historical context. It just didn't feel like where he was coming from. So to see this yeah. to me was so fascinating that like he would even, it just felt, yeah, like it just felt so far from, it felt so literal in a way that he just is not. But I actually really loved, I was really responded to it. And like that sequence also is this weird, like 2001 ass, like really hypnotic, like it's just like these psychedelic imagery for like almost like a good, like 10 to 12 minutes of just like colors and zoom in shot of the, of the mushroom cloud of the mushroom cloud and you're and it starts so small you're just in this like new mexico yeah. canyon and you like zoom in really slowly into the mushroom cloud and like then when you're inside it almost feels like you're watching like the big bang like inside of it yeah. and it is like a birth and within that you see at a certain point after this like fusion of like colors and like um i don't even know like particles and all this you suddenly see what i think is like this you see this like gray figure um almost it doesn't look human it looks alien but it has like arms and a leg and like no face and it, i think it's the same creature we see inside of that glass box in like the first episode of this season who like mm. attacks those two people do you know what i'm talking about who, like shows up in the glass box suddenly and like decapitates the people who yeah are, i thought like, that was cooper it. um well cooper shows up at one point because there's a it moment was good. In which... i thought it was because i remember they had they showed that scene twice right in, like, the first episode, yes. they showed those two teens get killed, and you're like, what the fuck was that? And there was, like, a black there was like a black thing, and you saw, like, a figure kind of floating. Right. And then in, like, and then in like episode four or three, maybe, you see, you follow the good Cooper kind of go through these, like, weird states. It's, like, a similar episode where it's a lot of, like, ambient noises and, like, right. long shots where nothing's really happening. And he, he starts floating inside of that box. And then right. you see that incident of the from his perspective, the teens, yeah, get murdered from his perspective. This but is true. Be, You're right. I don't know. I don't really remember. Yeah, I for some reason can't remember if in the first episode they see something and then continue on doing their thing, and then they're. I for some reason couldn't remember if like there's two instances of something showing up. But yes, Cooper shows up and sees them in that box. But Cooper also during yeah. that like crazy moment where he's leaving the lodge and going through that box yeah. he passes through this room that we see again in this episode with the giant yes um and yeah. that woman and so basically in this episode like we see this figure kind of vomit out <laughs> this like stream with like eggs in it it's like so gross and one of these eggs is bob like we see the face of this like yeah. evil entity um who is played by Frank Silva, who passed away actually, like shortly into filming of this like new of this like new um, reboot. Yeah, I didn't realize it was into filming. Into filming, a uh, multiple people from the original cast died during filming, but a lot of them got some what? stuff done. The log lady died Damn. while they were filming, and they Holy got footage shit. with her. Is that crazy? Um, and when we nuts. see, when we see her, she's like on dialysis and she, the actress was actually on dialysis. She had cancer oh. and they just like worked wow. that into the character of the log lady. It's really kind of, it's really kind of amazing because so much of this show is about like, is about death. <laughs> and so to see these people come back after 25 years and some of them die while they're filming and they're, they really, the ghostly, their ghostliness is like. It's like double relevant. I don't know. It's really intense. Mm. But that when we see this room and like this giant who was in the original series as well, there's like an alarm that goes off in this like black and white in the the in this room that is inside of a building on top of like a mountain in the middle of the water, and it sort of looks like the Getty in LA. Purple water. Purple water. Yeah, it's like this purple violet water, and it's this big white building with like no entrance really except for this like small window that like the camera like zooms into and we're in this like chamber that is you know this whole this whole section is the whole show is pretty much in black and white for this this episode entirely i mean um except for, like the first half which we should talk about later but we're in this room and then there's this like explosion and this or sorry there's this alarm that goes off and the giant hears this alarm and he goes into this theater and he turns on this like projection device and watches on the screen what we just watched which is the exact same footage with this nuclear bomb going off and like bob being born and as a response the giant starts levitating <laughs> 
And he like goes yeah. becomes horizontal and his yeah. brain like starts to emit this like yellow gold bubble. This gold bubble, which floats down to presumably his like yeah. wife. And the wife takes Senorita this- whatever. Senorita like dot do, like dodo dodo. Yeah. Senorita dodo. Yeah, or something. Um she yeah. takes this gold marble. This is the part that made me gasp. She takes this gold marble. And she's so pleased by it, and she kisses it. And when she remove, and then when the camera shows it inside of this <laughs> gold orb, is Laura Palmer's face. And Did she that re- make you gasp? I I literally like scream gasped. And she <laughs> releases this orb, and this shit looks sort of like if anyone's seen Inside Out. It sort of looks like inside out. Like it looks right. like it's this like marble and she sort of releases and it goes up into like this vent in this building that then like shoots it out towards the screen um, that the giant was watching. And the screen now features the earth and the orb enters the screen and presumably is going towards somewhere on the earth, which we know eventually is going to be Twin Peaks in Oregon. So the right. idea. Towards Laura right. Palmer's birth. Towards Laura Palmer's birth. So the idea, I think, that this show... And, like, it should be said that, like, this entire sequence, like, there's no dialogue. Like, there's no speaking. Yeah. It is completely visual. But, like, the idea, I think, that's yeah. being presented in this episode, which I think is, which is, like, a really important part of, like, the Twin Peaks mythology that we had not really ever explored, was that, like, Laura Palmer was born from some sentient, like, other dimensional idea of, like, pure goodness... And sent out as a counter to the birth of this like awful right. evil known as Bob, and and then of course well, like the first season of so Twin Peaks is mourning actually, the death, right? And there's actually a lot of speculation about that white room being the White Lodge, which of course is opposed to <gasps> Black Lodge, which is that room that Bob comes from. Oh my God! Wait, I'm literally screaming. I can't even believe, meaning like that is Bob's space and the White Lodge is like the space of goodness. But the giant has been able to go through both, correct? Hmm. Well, actually, you know what? That's a theory that maybe not. No, that's a good theory because the giant has always been called the giant in the original show. But well, in this one, he's he's like five question marks. marks. He's question marks, right? So we actually don't know his name. We don't know anything about him. Um, so it could be that the giant that we've seen in the other lodge is like the reverse is like the bad giant version of this good giant. Um, Mm. could be, that's a really great theory. And I also love the idea that like the good, the space of goodness is in black and white and the space of evil is like in color. Like it's just so bizarre. And, Mm. and that gold orb is like the only spot of color in this black and white scene. I mean, this is all. And then after, and then after this, like, we flash forward a little bit. It originally takes this flashback was in like 1941. We're now in like or like 1945, and now we're in 1956. 56. 1956. And, then, then, 56. Yeah. and what this guy there? like gives birth to this guy gives birth to uh, this crazy like uh, farmer. What's his name? He's credited as like Wanderer or something like that. Oh, is that he's his name? Covered in like black oil, except for he's got like a very a distinctly white cigarette. Yes. And he speaks and he sounds like the, um like the term like the terminator and he goes around asking people for a light um and then he like walks into a convenience store and like bashes a woman's skull in and you see like the blood squirt everywhere. Yeah, like, he like cr- yeah, he like creates like crunching. a hole in her skull for like this blood to pour out. It's pretty violent. Right. And he then he goes to like a radio station and he, like, grabs the radio station engineer's head and just, like, crushes it. And then he gets on the radio and he goes, like, I am the fountain. Drink He's me a- up to your theater. I actually wrote down what he says. He says, this is the water. Is he says, this is the water and this is the well. Drink full and right. descend. The horse is the white of the eyes and the dark within. <laughs> and he repeats it and repeats it and repeats it. And we've seen horses on this show before, like, in Fire Walk With Me, which is the movie David Lynch made about, like, the last 48 hours of yeah. Laura Palmer's life, like, one of, like, the final things she sees in her childhood bedroom is this, like, white horse at the foot of her bed. Um, 
so there is like this like repeating imagery, which like I'm sure it has like biblical connections. I don't know the Bible too well that I, I wish I did because I'm sure that it's like an allusion to some mention of like a white ass horse somewhere. But yeah, he repeats it and repeats it and like people all around town listening to the radio station like pass out and the and episode then this ends. Li- and then this little girl. Oh, no, yes. the episode ends with the little girl swallowing the cricket frog animal. Yes, yes. When we like, when, yes. When we go from like Laura Palmer orb entering Earth and flash to 1956, the first thing we see is some like egg hatching this huge cricket insect thing that like flies around. And then at the very end, like when this girl passes out after listening to this radio frequency and her mouth is open, although it seemingly like sort of opens almost zombie like, this like cricket thing like enters her body. What do we think of that? I am the fountain. I am the well. <laughs> The white horse in the oven. You sound the like her. Tiger. Wait, do you think that that yeah. bug is like Laura Palmer? <laughs> do you think, and like that's Laura yeah, Palmer's what if the mom? Yeah, cute frog bug is Laura Palmer's mom. <laughs> like, I wonder. Because be the way, I don't know, because yeah. the way she was listening to the radio, also sort of the way Laura Palmer's mom just always watches the TV. There's just, she was just sort of like sitting there and like taking it in. I wonder oh, if that's supposed to be like point. a child version of like Laura's mom. I mean, it's kind of a grotesque way of presenting this like precious spirit, but like, you know, whatever. The show can do whatever the fuck it wants. And then it ends yeah. with that weird, oily Abe Lincoln murderer monster leaving the radio <laughs> station and like walking into the New Mexican desert. And then it's just like the episode ends with the credits yeah. start rolling. Yeah. I mean. So- who knows? Who can fucking say for sure what the hell's going on? I who, certainly can't. Who can say? Like, I have no clue. But it is amazing how a show in which, like, nothing makes sense and nothing's going on can, like, pepper in, like, two little pieces of absurd, like, whatever. And it feels like, oh, for sure. Like, we're moving in some, like, cohesive direction. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I can get, like, a feel of kind of, like, what the show is sort of trying to, like, I think like the I think the show is sort of like I'm starting to understand the ways in which the the original series and this new edition sort of like connect and what it is about Twin Peaks as sort of like a space of good versus evil. I don't know. The show's crazy, but next week is the halfway point of the season, so good. I hope we get to hear more about the craziness in the town because I that's what I like. I yeah, I kind of build character, I suppose. I suppose, but I do really want the last, at least, like, the last third of the show to take place exclusively in Twin Peaks. Like, we need to, I mean, like, we're sort of getting a sense of, like, we go in and out of the town, and we've seen some people. We've seen Amanda Seyfried in, like, a little cameo. Um, And we see people every once in a while. We we see, like, the sheriff sort of, like, he finds pieces of Laura Palmer's diner and, like, or a diary and, like, the door of a bathroom stall. Um, But I want to spend, I think, like, you know, when Dale Cooper wakes up from his, like, weird slumber, I'm sure he's going to enter this town, but, or return to the town. We'll but it's see. so good. We'll friggin' see, and we'll be talking about it, freaks. You bet. We'll see, so keep watching. Keep watching Twan Pox on the CW. Mm. You like that? <laughs> I do. Um, it is it is funny watching this show though and like thinking of all the shows that have sort of like been influenced and born out of Twin Peaks and like just how much like they are have never been able to escape the fact that people like demand answers in a way that Twin Peaks like I don't know maybe this is just the way I watch but I think everyone watches Twin Peaks being like it's chill <laughs> whereas like with Lost yeah, it yeah. was like um why isn't he wearing shoes <laughs> you know what I mean right. like <laughs> Like this show just gets yeah. away with so much. I mean, much. I think they, I think they definitely plan to just have it be like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Right. I don't think David Lynch is too concerned with like having a structured narrative uh, like circle. Definitely like, uh, not. You know, a lot of fanboys like. I, I agree. I don't think you make like an eighteen-hour movie where everything is tightly connected. I mean, you could, but right. I just don't think that that's what's happening here. But it's. Yeah. Totally. You, you can't like break it down like a like a Vince Gilligan, uh, uh, you know, show. It's not right. like uh, Better Call Saul or, or Breaking Bad, where it's like, oh, you can see they foreshadowed in the second act. Totally, totally. You know? Like, imagine yeah. a Twin Peaks after show. <laughs> like right. I'm Andy Greenwald. I don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's Twin Peaks. Everyone should definitely watch. Um, so say hi. Say hi. Say hi. Um, say hi. So 
Good Friend. So we're going to talk about Good Friend. You want to tell me about, I think, like a scary podcast or like a weird podcast? Yeah. What's the vibe? <laughs> what are you listening okay. to? So this is this is a podcast that's currently sitting in the top 25 of Apple's podcast charts. Okay. And it's called, it's just called Serial Murderer. Oh my God. Fuck. <laughs> That's the name. Wait, let me double check this. I, I got it. Serial Killers. That's what it's called. It's called Serial Killers. They're really just zeroing um, in on people's appetite. All right. No, this is just exactly, this is like the equivalent of mainlining heroin right to your <laughs> bloodstream. Because it's literally just these two people. They're, it's a man and a woman. They both sound super creepy. It sounds like every single word they utter is like uh, uh has been like practiced, uh-huh. and it's like they're it's like they're going completely off script. That's how it sounds. And this guy's just got this very deep, creepy voice, and he's just like, "We're just fascinated with serial murderers." <laughs> oh my! And the God. whole time, <laughs> they're like talking about these things that are going on, and both the people are like, "Oh, fascinating." Oh. Are they, like, getting off? <laughs> it does. It does. It sounds like they're kind of in the middle of talking about H.H. Holmes and the fact that he murdered 27 people in his death castle. And the whole time you can just hear this guy's, like, penis, like, he's like tapping the side of the yeah. desk. He's he, <laughs> like, how many? Diane, how many was it? How many? Like, oh, I like that people's appetite for true crime has gotten to the point where they're just like, I'll take anything right. to the point where this podcast probably right. opens with, like, ah! That was an audio yeah. recording of a murder. Like, oh my god! So, <laughs> so it's these two really creepy people, and they kind of they fill in the scenes with like, uh, like, re- like uh, acted out recreations of what happened, and it's super crazy. And they they told the story of uh, oh my god, they were telling the story about this couple in Canada who used to love to murder people together. Oh my god, Pam! And the whole time, the two of them were like just ridiculous with the hamming up of you know turning it all sexual and whatnot what the hell wait is every so wait, what's the conceit of the show every episode is a different case or what every episode is a different like serial murderer and so they kind of just go through the biography of what happened with each case and you know in the in the middle of like them describing what happens to the kids you'll hear the woman go oh my god or, oh, fascinating. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they have to, like, they have to go, because th- they split it up where the guy is the one who's retelling the story. To and her. every once in a while, he'll, like, break away, he'll break away from the story and turn to his partner and be like, so, Carla, what can you tell us about his psychological state at this point in his life. And they have to, like, disclose that this lady's not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Oh, my God. But she's specifically <laughs> interested, just, she's a regular person who happens to be interested in serial murderer's psychology. But with no actual so background very, or, like, insight? Yeah, I mean, she's not, <laughs> no, no kind of, like, academic background or research background. She's just a fan. Wow, this sounds definitely so, like the true crime podcast for our times. Like, I'm absolutely yeah, ill-equipped to give you any sort right. of like professional reading, but in my humble opinion, this guy's a freakazoid. Like, oh my No, God. it does kind of seem like they're just reading right from the Wikipedia page, but I, I can't be too sure about that. Um, He's like, personal no, it's life. <laughs> it's entertaining and it's really creepy and... Uh, you know, if if you just can't get enough of the true crime stuff, this just cuts through all of the bullshit. There's no, like, other story <laughs> that they're trying to talk about. No, it, they're just talking about weirdos who like to kill people. Right, right. Yeah, I kind of equate, like, the true crime trend or, like, the true crime genre to being really similar to, like, the reality, like, singing competition show where, like, for the longest time, we've been, like, pretending, like, we give a shit about, like, the contestants, like, slash the victims. But all we yeah. care about are, like, the famous judges slash, like, the famous killers. Like, just give, Did, like... No, all you care about, all you care about with the reality singing stuff is the famous judges demeaning, uh, ridiculous people. acting people. Exactly, which is yeah. pretty much the equivalent of a serial killer murdering a subject. Like, right. the it voice like is the serial killers of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
if they distilled the voice into just a show where rich people scream to poor people, that's what this podcast would be. Right. <laughs> Wait, they should definitely have like a voice type show featuring like three like recreations of famous serial killers and you like and like the children maybe like two generations removed of the victims are like performing quote unquote and then like the chair turns around and it's like a manson what do you think yeah or they're like oh my fucking god like where the fuck am i and he's like she's like i thought this was a singing show like what the hell's going on like a pitch that's a good. That's a good pitch. We should. I think it's a that pretty one. good. I think it's a pretty good pitch. Um, I'm definitely so gonna anyway, listen to that, this. That's I mean, my good. That's my good friend of the week. I'm yeah, serial killers. It sounds serial like it's podcast. Sounds like it's Carla and like Steve's oh, good friend every the other week. Creepy thing, dude. The other creepy thing is they'll be talking about like I feel like they need help with transitions between ads. They'll oh, be talking no. about this dude who's like a cannibal, and then we'll be like. Like all of a sudden, we'll start talking about Blue Apron. It's like, oh, come on. Wait, I actually want to kill myself. They'll be like, as he took out his organs, he knew dinner was served. Stamps.com features easy postage for your needs. Like, uh huh. I want want to. I mean, also, just going from cannibalism to, to being like, speaking of food. Right. Let me tell you about Blue Apron. Right. Like John Wayne Gacy hid the bodies under the bed. But with a Casper mattress, you wouldn't even notice if they were under the mattress. <laughs> like, um, Carl. <laughs> right. Dude, I need to listen to it. I love a true crime moment. I've been listening to Into the Dark, this investigative podcast about, like, the failure to catch this, like, killer, who, this guy who, like, yeah, killed one, a child. Have you heard that one? Yeah, that one's appalling because of how... They portray like sheriff's departments across the entire. As being United morons. States. Did you hear the whole the whole episode, uh, series? Like every episode starts with it. like yeah I haven't I haven't finished it yet but every episode pretty much starts okay. with like how did the sheriffs bungle this one like oh my god yeah <laughs> like pretty much um, I'll definitely be listening. My good friend of the week is sort of premature, kind of, because I haven't really, like, delved in deep. But from what I've heard, um, my good friend, I guess, is Jay-Z, who just released his 13th slash 14th album, um, 444. And mm. it is, a, it's really, it's what I really like about it. I'll tell you just what I like about it on first listen. Um, I like that it's short. Um, it's a really, like, I. it's a really, like, sweet and tight, 35-minute, 10-track album. Sort of reminds me of Damn, Kendrick Lamar's album. Not, like, sonically, but just it's sort of... I like how contained it is. Like, it's not this sort of sprawling, big opus. It's actually, like, really personal. It's really quiet. The whole album's been executive produced by No ID, who's, like, actually one of my favorite hip-hop producers. And he, like, still produces, like, pretty often. He's now, like, the head of Def Jam, I'm pretty sure. But um, he's, like one of, like, the main dudes who's, like, the architect of, like, Chicago hip-hop sound. He's, like, one okay. of Kanye's... He's, like, Kanye's mentor. He's worked with just, like, a lot of... Yeah, just, like, a lot of people from that region. And um, he executive produced the whole album, and it just has this, like, really great... Um, kind of, like, warmth to it, and it's really mellow and just super, 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 super good. Just on the sound I need to alone. listen to this. You need to listen to it. It's pretty I, good. I haven't listened to it. Yeah, and it's a I response. I heard that he talks about Becky. Becky's plural. We discover that there is Beckys. more than there's more than one, and there was a menage a trois with two of them, as what? we discover. We learn a lot. We also oh learn we learn that Jay Z's mom is was also a closeted lesbian, as well. I, read, I, I heard about that. Heard yeah, about that. which is pretty crazy. He also um, gives Kanye a really stern like, "Bruh, where are you at?" moment. Um, okay. Oh, so he, he calls gives Kanye him, out for not he, being there. He calls him out like a big brother, sort of like, "What's up with you? Like you're going through it." Right. Um, and I read somewhere that there, or I, I, I saw a tweet that seemed to be a quote or a lyric pulled from the album that sort of disses the Kardashians, but I haven't heard it, or I just maybe like just didn't catch it, so I'm not totally sure if that was made up or not. But either way, there is. Um, he's responding based. He's talking about his like mother, his daughter, his wife, and his friends. Like it's a really personal album, okay. um, and it's really it's really great. 
Um, also, we got yeah, reports of Jay Z and Beyonce's twins' names. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna guess their names. Okay, you get three guesses, so that means six names. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. First of all, wait. What are the sexes of the kids? Do we know? Um, I'll have to ask that. Ooh, that's actually a good question. I do not. I don't know if I know. Um, I think I we guess know they the don't names know how before they gender the gender. Identify, so that might be hard to ask. Right. You know what I mean. Right, right. Just guess. What do you think the names are? Let's say it's a boy and girl. Okay. Boy and a girl. It's definitely Megan <laughs> and Skylar. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely, I hope their brand going forth is like trashy Floridian parents because <laughs> Skylar Carter Knowles. Megan Carter Knowles. Megan. <laughs> Megan. Like, this is Blue Ivy, and this is my daughter, Megan. She's like, hi. She has, like, yo play yogurt all over her face. Like, hi. Yeah. I guess once you go Blue Ivy, you can't go to Megan. You kind of can't. Although, imagine if she was like, no, I definitely did not have a surrogate. I gave birth to these kids myself. They're two, like, white fat kids from Florida. Like, be like, <laughs> the con isn't working this time. She's like, they're mine. They are mine. Right. Like, Megan, Skylar, they're like, shut up, mom. Like, oh, God. Um, right. Do you have another guess? Because <laughs> those are good. Uh, okay, what if it's, like, um, what if it's, like, a red, or what if it's, a oh, like, a auburn wheat? <laughs> it's just auburn different color. Wheat. Different color gradients. <laughs> different plant. Different color, different plant. Different colored. Okay. Ivy. Auburn wheat. Auburn wheat. Mm-hmm. And then green grass. Green grass. Wow. I mean, auburn wheat would be a great, you know, like, she's been very, like, anti, you know, um, anti-police. Or she's not anti-police, but, you know, mm-hmm. she's been, like, pro-Black Lives Matter. And this is definitely, her kid is a statement against, like, gluten intolerance. Like, she's over it. She thinks right. this shit's fake. Auburn mm-hmm. wheat. Yeah. <laughs> Green grass is really like, um, babe. But I kind of like, I, I actually really like Auburn wheat. Auburn wheat Carter Knowles. Like, those are just words. <laughs> I actually like that name. Auburn are, wheat Carter Knowles. Like, those are just words. Okay, are you ready for the names or do you want to make another guess? Sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Give me the name. Okay, so sources say that the name of Beyonce's twins are Rumi... And Sir. Rumi? R-U-M-I. Rumi. Oh. Okay. And Sir. And sir? S-I-R. <laughs> oh. Huh. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm lost, but for sure. Rumi, to me, like, I think of the Persian poet immediately. So, like, the audacity of her okay. being like, you're going to think of my kid first. Like, okay. Sir is a tough one. Sir is a tough one. Like, Sir, like, sir. Sir. You always have to respect uh, Jay-Z's kid. Right, or like, what if they get knighted? Sir, sir. (laughs) Sir, sir would be really great. Like, sipping on that sir, sir. Sir, sir. Um, I I don't know the gender. I think you have to be British. Yeah. Right, I mean. Those names don't exactly make it clear either, so that's cool. Yeah, they really, they don't really make it clear. They're keeping us on our toes. These twins are, um, mm. oh my god, Twin Peaks? Wait. <laughs> These Twin Peaks put the other Twin Peaks to shame. <laughs> I hope Rumi is um, this babies. like beautiful child and Sir is like, <clears throat> like very <laughs> Laura and Bob. What if, what if her twins were named Laura and Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Blue Ivy cool. and then Laura and Bob. I think and Bob. babies named Bob are really funny. I so think so I'm too. Um, I kind of want pets named Laura and Bob. That would be cool. Or plants. I don't like animals. Pets. Should I name my plant yeah. Laura and one and the other one Bob? Naming your cat or your baby some like old man name. Always a good idea. Wait, shouts to Stephanie whose dog's name is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, that's hilarious. It's great. That was the intention, yeah. too, to get the name. Um, yeah, or, so... Or like, uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like Carl. I think Carl's a really funny yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, or Marty. But, like, 
But, like, the key is, like, it can't be too quirky. Like, Carl's almost a little too, like, you know, like, Arthur. Like, it can't be something that's, like, the person would be, like, geeky or cool. It can't be, like, Oliver. Like, it has to be, like, an old generic. Like, this is Steve. Yeah, this is so you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a, Steve. There's Steve's a good one, too. Um, yeah. Okay, devil time. We're going to make this quick because we should go in. I don't know this like devil's threesome that is Mika, Joe, and Trump. <laughs> like the fuck? Yeah. Like I don't know what's going on here. I don't get like what? Like I don't get why. It's always them. First of all, who the hell are these people? Like, I. It's not always them. They just have a. They have a TV show on when fucking Donald Trump watches TV in the morning, and they're a competitor to Fox News, which is Donald Trump's favorite TV channel. So I'm sure he like flips over to MSNBC when it's going, and he sees Morning Joe, and then he sees Mika and Joe Scarborough, like criticize Donald Trump. Then he gets pissed. Then he says. Oh, well, if Mika and Joe Scarborough, they're talking about me. Mika's crazy. She's ugly. She had a facelift and it was bloody gross. So and rude. Like, he's, you know, that's what it, that's the train of thought. That is the train of thought that he puts into doing shit like that. I, I agree. There's goes deeper. I don't think he goes deeper either. I don't think there's much reason to sort of analyze his pathology. And, like, wisely, Morning Joe has pretty much, like, not repeated too much of what he says and has just sort of framed it as, like, our president has, like, a very hilariously, like, sensitive ego, which is, like, I think the proper way to do it. My real question is, like, what is this show? Like, Morning Joe on MSNBC? I've seen these people, obviously, like, over the course of the last year and a half, but, like, every time I see them, I'm like, first of all, this show sounds like it's, like, fucking like daytime talk show like before the view yeah, yeah, like yeah. morning yeah. joe is like a space for political discourse like i'm already lost second then i'm like a few like a couple months back i'm like looking at tabloids and it's like me and joe are getting married and i'm like yeah 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 who are these people this is, the this is the thing this is why trump cares about this is because he's the He's the audience who's watching daytime cable news. No one right. else even knew about fucking Morning Joe until, like, the president started being Donald Trump. Right. He, these people were nothing, right? Am I, like, in, am I incorrect? They were also the people, I'm sorry, yeah. who, like, I remember this correctly, right? Like, they were the people where there was a leak of audio of a Trump, Joe and Mika interview, but, like, the audio is before they're on air, and they're very complimentary to him. And I remember this came out during the election. These two are like total phonies because they're like they're like really like hard asses to him like on air. But then like off air, I remember this clip like where they were like, "Your ratings are up. Like this is like pretty spectacular. Like I think you got this. Like this is really like impressed. Like they were like very complimentary. Do you remember this at all? This audio clip that like surfaced no, like really during the that. early stage of the election. I mean, that was when I first heard of these two people, and I was like, um, it doesn't matter. This like megan kelly like kirkland megan kelly over here and like i don't even know like the poor man's anderson cooper I I like who are these people, i think that's how people in the industry just operate i think you kind of just got to be friends with everybody and that's you know they have access to fucking donald trump because if it was anybody else obama's not watching or caring about what morning joe is saying you know, George W. Bush isn't doing that. Bill Clinton's yeah, not doing that. Yeah, but anyone can have access to Donald Trump. <laughs> Do you know what I no, mean? But, like, yeah, anybody can have access to Donald Trump, but this is the first time ever where they've that morning had Joe has had access to, to a president. president. Right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. This is true. But that to me speaks to the class of the president, not the prestige of morning Joe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but old people can't tell the difference. They can't tell the difference. This is true. I mean, I agree. I mean, yeah, I think like. The real, my real devil tongue actually doesn't go to either of these idiots. It goes to the fact that, like, the bar for this presidency is so low that, like, Morning Joe is the stage of, like, a fight. Like, do you remember when, like, the Washington Post was, like, where a war was taking place between, like, a presidential administration and the media? Like, that was ground zero. Now it's, like, a literal show called Morning Joe with, like, two idiots who look like substitute teachers in Ohio. And they're in, like, embroiled in this, like, war with the president like 
Um, everything, everything has just been lowered. Like the quality and class of everything has been lowered. I basically have to watch clips of these two people. Like, I can't believe this. No, the bar is definitely lowered. That's for sure. It's, you know what it is? It's sort of like the third act of like any action movie where like the loser has like sort of suddenly gains the power to like take down the bully. Like Neville, you know, like Neville suddenly is the one who actually defeats Voldemort and it's like, oh, it's actually the idiot right under our nose who like had the strength to take down the president. Like maybe it's going to be fucking like Morning Joe or it's going to be some like stupid like third tier cable news program that's actually going to be like where the end of this presidential administration like honestly maybe it's going to be like a live stream of a hamster like taking a shit that's going to like <laughs> really like take down this administration somehow i don't know like i don't think it's going to be the times which like is laying off their like a huge portion of their copy staff which is insane i don't know what strata yeah. of media is going to hold the president accountable but if like if it's going to be morning joe if they have this platform i hope joe and mika are like you know ready to really be serious about whatever power it is that they might have. I mean, the situation sounds really scary where like the president essentially blackmailing them to be left alone by the national Enquirer, which is like hilarious, but yeah, Yeah. I don't know what to think. The devil tongue just goes to like all three of them. Frankly, I don't care about these people. (laughs) (laughs) Although I will say it's like hot that they're together. (laughs) Oh, I have a threesome. Yeah. I'm doing that tongue because I like it. You like this? Yes. Oh my God. Cool. Well, boys, girls. Oh, but one thing, one more thing is I love the the photos of Donald Trump playing tennis. Did you see those? Oh my god, with his butt and like the tidy whities His big fat butt and the tidy whities So like, hilarious. it's so painful because like his he's such a loser that the thing that will actually get him to explode is for the New York Times to publish that photo on the front page. Yeah. But the New York Times are much too classy to ever do that. <laughs> like. Like, he's basically a loser. Like, we have to remind. Cher tweeted something so funny. She's like, look at his big butt. I was like, oh, my God. The fact that this (laughs) this is discourse now. God bless. Um, But, yeah, he looks really funny. Well, Zeke. We did it. We did it. We made it through. This was episode 80. 85. 85. Four. Four. 84. Episode 84, out the door. You like that's that? That's the motto. That's the saying. Episode 84 out the that's door. What say. Yeah. yeah. Episode that's 85, what say. staying alive. Wait till next week for more. Staying alive. Y'all know it. Um, listeners, thank you. Until America, then. thank you. Happy anniversary. And happy B movie to all, right? Happy B movie to everyone everywhere. B movie. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. Run through the bed and scare up the milking cows. Run down the beach kicking clouds of sand. Walk a windy weather day, feel your face blow away. Stop and listen, love you.